Jason, will you stand to your feet this morning for the reading of God's Word? Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Shout amen. All right. I am too. Mark chapter 9, verse 22 through 24. Mac, Mark, not Mac. That's the next book of the Bible. We'll read out of that one next week. Mark chapter 9, verse 22 through 24. There were some issues this, uh, this week uploading everything to the Bible app. So if you're going to the Bible app right now, you're not going to find any notes there because there were some technical issues. So, uh, but we'll, hopefully they'll get that resolved by next week. Mark chapter 9, verses 22 through 24. Probably a passage that we're all familiar with. And, and we're just reading just a small portion of it. And, and the Spirit often throws him into... This is the dad talking to Jesus, by the way. The Spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water trying to kill him. And so this dad looks at Jesus and he says, Have mercy on us and help us. What does it say? All right, this is the Father saying this to Jesus. Help us what? Help us if you can. Now look at Jesus' next statement. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. And he says, anything is possible if a person believes. And look at this, verse 24. The Father instantly cried out, and he says, I do believe. I do believe. But Lord, help my unbelief. Let's pray. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the beautiful God-honoring things that we've got to participate in today. None is more important than the teaching and the sharing and the delivery of your word. In fact, the writer of Hebrews says that your word is like a double-edged sword. It pierces in the innermost parts of us, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so we ask that that would be the effect in our lives today. We just ask you to honor this moment today, God. Bless us, the hearers. Let's be doers of the word and not hearers only, as James records we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So be. Give the Lord a praise today as you're seated in this place. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow, wow. Good things are happening the, uh, all around our church. What a beautiful moment we just had. Again, so many great things coming up around Crossroads. We want you to be aware of all that's going on. Uh, we are wrapping up today and this Sunday, this, this month already, is we're getting ready to enter the last quarter of this year. Can you imagine that? I mean, October, November, December will be the last quarter of this year. So we started out in January with a very intentional teaching schedule and a teaching topic. We've stuck to that. If you've been fellowshipping with us from the very beginning of the year, we've taken a very intentional and clear approach to our teaching from January and the 21-day fast. We talked about our physical bodies. We talked about our emotional health, becoming emotionally healthy. We've spent this quarter talking about what it means to be spiritually healthy. We challenged you last month in September, um, excuse me, in August, to, to listen to only Christian music. And many of you accepted that challenge and had great feedback. This month we've been doing the Bible challenge. So we've, we've been asking you to uh, take selfies, you know, with you and your Bible at different places and hashtag it, CRC Belt, or Bible Thumper. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, CRC Bible Thumper. And so you can always search that hashtag and see some of the photos. My dad's been taking some awesome photos and uh, as well his, his own Bible selfie. So we've had a challenge this month uh, uh, in regards to that. And then our next challenge as we lead out this year and this quarter, and next Sunday when you come, we'll be talking about a whole new series, developing a whole new teaching topic. We're just going to be talking about our social health, being healthy socially. All right, and, and so we're going to talk every, everything from the, from the things about issues in our marriage to issues at work with coworkers or, or um, friends outside of church, friends within church. Well, we want you to be socially healthy as well. 
Amen? Is that okay? Yeah, so all your weird socialness and all your awkwardness and your oddities and your uniqueness, we're going to lay it all out there. We're just going to spill the beans. And uh, I believe God's going to do some really, really powerful things. So you can kind of be thinking about that as, as the week continues and where we're headed. So we'll spend uh, the last month doing that. We have some unique challenges for you as we get closer to Thanksgiving as well, challenging you in your social uh, uh, circles. What does that mean? How do we talk to people about the Lord? How do we invite church? All that good stuff. We're really, really going to take it by the horns and, and make this year, the rest of this year, the best part of this year. Amen? Amen? Let's make the rest of this year the best part of this year. Now, I would like to see a show of hands if you were here at the very beginning of the year when we did our fast. Just raise your hands. Leave them up for me. Raise your hands up. Come on, everybody. If you were here at the beginning of the year when we did our fast, awesome. Now, high five somebody else who has a hand up next to them. All right. High five yourself if you got to. Okay. Man. We started out as we do, we've been doing the fast five or six years now. At the beginning of the year, we take 21 days apart and we fast and uh, as a corporate body and we fast food, we fast TV, we fast other things that we feel God is telling us to give up for 21 days. Uh, if you're a guest for the first time, you're saying, that is crazy, fasting food. Hey, I know it wasn't my idea, it was my dad's idea. <laughs> he started it, you know. Um, I like food as much as the next guy, so anyway be hating on food, but I better not talk about food. We're too close to lunchtime. And so, and so we, we set out at the beginning of this year, really the challenge was from your pastor, from me was for those of us that really, really, really wanted to make 2014 different than 2013. So many of us raised our hands. Remember, we came to the altar and we we kind of signed this little piece of paper and we, we kind of gave it over to the Lord saying, God, these are the things that, that I want to conquer in 2014. These are the things, that, the humps that I want to get over, right? The milestones that I want to achieve, the, the goals that I have set that I, want to, that I want to check that box this year. And for some of you, you've been able to go around this year and check some boxes, some unfinished boxes. You know what? Last year I didn't get to it, but this year I did this. I lost five pounds. I lost 10 pounds. Ain't right back. But I lost five pounds. I lost 10 pounds. You know what? I, uh, I started a new job. I started a new career. I went back to school. I started going back to school. I'm going to get my degree, my, my associate's degree, my master's, whatever it is. I, I'm gonna, I went back to school. We had some people graduate uh, this year, and we've had some people reach some amazing milestones. Some of us have checked some boxes. I think if we're honest with each other, we might still have some boxes unchecked. Somewhere between the coming month that we're about to enter into, right, before between October and January, there was a lot of space, a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of energy spent on doing the same things that we did last year. And, and we have this conversation with ourselves, man, why am I doing this stuff again? Why am I still spending my energy, spending my time, using my resources on the very thing that at the beginning of this year I said I don't want to do that again? I don't want to be that person. I want to change. Now, if I'm identifying with anything that's in your heart, your mind, your soul, your being, if something is kind of like a magnet, it's catching, it's for a purpose and for a reason. What we have to realize as a church that when we make declarations like this, when we come into the house of God, right, and we're worshiping our hands or we're honoring somebody or we're receiving tithes, whatever it is that we're doing when we're here together collectively, you have to know 
that because we're in the house of God and we're lifting up the name of Jesus Christ, that the devil or his demons are, he, now, by the way, the devil is not like God. He's not omniscient. Um, in that he can't be everywhere omnipresent. He can't know everything like God does. Otherwise, he would be just like God. And he is nothing like God. Give, just give, give a big old shout out right there. And so, but his, but there are satanic forces and, and demons and, and the devil dispatches them like someone would just send an army out, right? And, and, and you may have felt like you've had this demonic spirit, like a sign to you all year to trip you up or cause you to, maybe it's the spirit of fear. And, and you found yourself this whole year fearing everything. You're just afraid. You're afraid of ISIS and you're afraid of the stock market and you're afraid of this and you're afraid of that. And we're just, we're just afraid. You're, you're, you're living in fear. Maybe it's been, it's been this spirit of doubt. You've been just been doubting God, and you're doubting everything, and doubting if God can do it, or if, if God is capable of doing it, and if, if maybe you're like this dad in the story. Anybody ever read this before? What I love most about this story is the human element in this story. How many have heard this before or read this before? Raise your hand. Come on, keep them up, keep them up. A lot of us, you've probably heard or read this passage. Sure. We're familiar with it. We know how it plays out, right? We know the story, as Paul Harvey would say, and the rest of the story. The rest of the story is that Jesus heals his son, right? But I love, can we put the scripture back up there, please? I think it's in verse 23, verse 22 and 23. We love the story. Uh, I, I love the story that we hear the dad say, where Jesus says, what do you mean if I can what you talking about, Willis? I wonder if Jesus would have said that if he was alive back in the 80s and early 90s. <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? How many know what I'm talking about when I say what you talking about, Willis? All right. Everybody else, YouTube it, whatever. What you talking about, Willis? Man. <laughs> Jesus says to the Father, this is the, this is the response, listen, church, from a loving God, the same Jesus that would take upon the sins of the world. This is his response. This is his response. He didn't say, you know what, Father, I, I will do anything for you. You're, you're my son, right? Uh, I, will, I will go to the Father and I will ask of him. I really kind of think Jesus was always teaching all the time. His disciples were there, and he, he looked at this dad because he, Jesus knew everything. He knew that inside of this dad was this portion that believed him, but there was this also a portion that doubted him. This is the elephant in the room, and a lot of preachers won't talk about it, but it's the truth because it's in our hearts and it's in mine too sometimes. God I believe you can do this. Will you have mercy on us? If it's in your will, if it's in your favor, will you heal my son? Will you heal my daughter? Will you touch my finances? Will you, will, will you heal my marriage? Will you give me the new career? All fill in the blank. And Jesus' response is, what do you mean if I can? Jesus looks around and is like, who's this guy talking to? You know, what do you mean if if I can, if I can, I wonder if Jesus was having this kind of a moment with this dad where this crowd was around looking man to man in the eyes and saying, what do you mean if I can? All right, this is, I'm going to show off right now for this guy. Him and everybody else is about to see truly who I am. I'm not saying that's how it all played out. This is happening in my mind. Don't go all theological on me and saying. <gasps> Pastor Matt's filling the blanks. Somebody's got to. Listen to me. Jesus' response is, 
What do you mean if I can? And then what does the father say after that? Next verse, please. He says, I I believe, right? Instantly, I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I believe. I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. So I'm not solo and alone up here. Would everyone say that out together with me? It's on the screen. I do believe, but help me. One more time. I do. Look at your neighbor and say, are you a believer? Let me ask this question here. This is going to rock your, your theology right to the core. I'm about to shake everything that you think you know to be right and true. How many in here would raise their hand to the response to this question? Raising your hand means yes. That you, at some point in your life, you've prayed a sinner's prayer according to Romans, 9, uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouths the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart, not mouths, you have more than one mouth. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you're saved. Now, before you raise your hand, you could have prayed that at a kid's camp, a youth camp, this altar, your car, your shower, wherever that moment was that you and Jesus had that moment and you surrendered your heart and your soul and what we, in terms, Christianese, we call saved. I've been saved, brother. God has saved me. I wonder why a lot of times people don't want to follow us. We go around and saying those kind of terms like, what? What are you saved from? Like, what? You know? And my life was changed. But anyway, I was saved. Anybody been saved? All right. To be saved biblically, you have to believe. What? You have to believe. You don't get to not believe that Jesus went to a real cross. You don't get to choose if you really want to believe that he died a real death. You don't get to choose in that whole story, in that whole scripture, if Jesus really resurrected from the dead. You don't get to pick what parts you want. You have to believe with everything that's in you that Jesus died a real death, that he is the only son of God. There is no other children of God. There's only one God and only one son, by the way, and his name is Jesus Christ. Okay, let's get that clear. And He doesn't have a couple of sons and all of that stuff. He's got one son. His name is Jesus. And that Jesus came to this earth. He died a real death, had a real resurrection in three days. Okay? Now sits at the right hand of the Father. Jesus isn't in this room. He's not outside in the foyer lobby waiting for you. He's not hanging out in your car where it's all hot out there. Jesus is in heaven. That's biblical truth, theology, what we believe here. But you had to believe that to be accepted under the blood of Jesus Christ, you have to say those things with your mouth. It doesn't have to be those exact words, but is everyone following me today? So you're saying, a bunch of you raised your hand and said, okay, Pastor Matt, when I was a kid, or maybe last week, or recently, or whenever it was, I gave, I believed that I could give my life, that I could say those words, and I received salvation. I believed, and that happened. But like this father, if we could put verse 24 back up there. I believe, but help my unbelief. What? Wait a second. You believe God for the greatest miracle of all. There's no, there's, there is no other miracle than ransoming someone who is falling to hell. There's no other greater miracle. You may get sick on this earth. You may leave this earth because of a sickness. God may heal you from a sickness. You may be in a car wreck. 
and leave this earth because of a car wreck. You may never be in a car wreck. Are you with me today, church? However you stay, however you go, those are his decisions. My point is, I believed, you raised your hand and said, I believed the, that I received the greatest miracle of all by speaking and by believing. I, I was saved. I'm saved. Well, how do you know you're saved? Did angels go, ah, and the lights shine down, and did someone walk up to you and say, hey, brother, you're saved, you know? Uh, did, did, you know, whatever it was, you, you believed it. A, a pastor gave the invitation, an evangelist, somewhere that happened, you heard it on the radio, God was tugging at your heart and you said, God, I got to give up running from you. I'm tired of running and I surrender my life. If you raise your hand, that moment happened. Church, what I'm getting you to try to kind of see through the weeds here is this, that if we can believe God for the greatest miracle of all, salvation, just by kneeling and believing and speaking, how much more when we come to God the Father with the sickness or with the trial or with the tribulation, we can say, God, if you can, you can do this. And Jesus says, what do you mean if I can I've already showed you what I'm capable of. Come on. Our faith needs to rise up today. We have a God. Come on, somebody. Give God a praise. God is challenging our faith not to be bystanders of the faith, but to be participators of the faith. God's got enough sideline Christians who are content with sitting on the sidelines and twiddling their thumbs and just waiting till Jesus comes back. Those boxes are filled. There's no more room on the roster for that kind of believer. But in this church, God, give me some people who say, you know what? I'm ready to put my faith to the test. I'm ready to believe you for the audacious, the crazy, the impossible. Because we serve a God who all things to him are possible. To him that believes. That's what the scripture says. All things are possible to him that believes. The word impossible, I didn't create this, but if you look at it, it says, I'm possible. All things are possible to him who believes. I believe God's response to the very thing that is in your heart today is, what do you mean, son? What do you mean, daughter, if I can? Are you kidding me? Have you not seen what I've already done for you? Some of us are like the children of Israel. God's brought us through all kinds of crazy stuff, failed marriages and bankruptcies and corruption and life disappointments and heartache and pain and suffering and disappointment and fear and doubt. And he's brought you through everyone and we stand up and say God if you can and he has sent me here today to tell you what do you mean if I can God is saying I can do all things all things all things if you believe I can do all those things and the father instantly cried out, I do I do believe Lord help me overcome my unbelief not going to move on quickly how many are familiar with Hebrews chapter 11 Hebrews chapter 11, it, it's, it's known as the faith chapter, right? It's known as the faith chapter. You've got to read chapter, Hebrews chapter 11. It's all about people of faith. There's a prostitute mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 because of her faith. Yes, church people, I just said that word in church. It'll be on the podcast. That's what the Bible called her. I'm not name calling. She was. You remember name calling as a kid? Anybody got young kids in here and they call it your siblings, they call each other? Yeah. Aaron's got two beautiful little girls who do no wrong. Aaron and Katie, precious little princesses. Look like twins, you know, like like a mirror running around here. You know, 
I always look at other people's kids like, oh, they're so precious. And you say, Pastor, you, you haven't seen them at home. You know what I mean? Anyway, I would say the same about mine. You know? <laughs> but listen, I, I can remember my brother and I back there. Um, when we were young, we, we were, that's what boys do. You name call. We do other stuff too. But name calling was among them. And if we, if my mom heard us name calling, she'd wash our mouths out with soap. If you've never had that happen to you, you're talking about a blessing you're missing out on. You know, now everything's liquid soap, so I don't know how that would work, but I mean, like lava. You ever had a a bar of lava in your mouth? You try and, try and, uh, (laughs) that stuff don't go. Anyway, you know, you can't do this stuff nowadays. Um, but we would say things to each other like shut up, stupid, other things we'd say to each other. We would name call. We would name call. Kids are notorious to name call each other. They call, call each other names at school. Name calls, name calls. You know, God has called some names in the Bible. One of, one of the names that he has called as, as one of my particular favorite names that I like about him is when Abraham called him Jehovah Jireh which means the Lord is my provider. We're going to do some name calling. Let's, let's do it properly. How many here would raise your hand and say, Pastor Matt, I can attest that God is my provider. Has God ever provided for you? Give him a praise today. If he's just, if he's done something good for you. I know one of my dad's favorite scriptures is Philippians 4.19. And my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Let's say it again together. It's on the screen. But my God. One more time. But my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. By who? By who? The same Jesus that looked at that dad said, what do you mean if I can? Paul was teaching the church in Philippi, the early church in Philippi, the city there, saying, listen, the same Jesus that you guys sent to the cross is now in heaven that looked at this dad and said, what do you mean I can't? Paul is saying it again here. Everything is possible, right? My God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Listen to me, church. The thread that has run through today is you can't get around Jesus. It's not possible to move in life without him. If he's missing in the equation, your equation is flawed. You get the wrong answer every time. What would our lives and our marriages and our finances and our homes look like, our careers, if we started putting Jesus back in the middle of it all? Let's stand to our feet today. For those that are taking a 90-day challenge this last 90 days, I'm not talking about the giving challenge. I'm not talking about the Wednesday night class. I'm talking about the challenge that we've been talking about this whole month. Let's make the rest of this year the best of this year. And and it's not going to happen by accident. You'll be pumped up today. You'll be excited today. I want you to be. I want your faith to arise and be challenged. God is attracted to faith. But beyond today, where the rubber meets the road, when you go out and it's just you and your family or it's just you and it's whatever it is and, and you, life starts happening, what are you going to do? Are you going to roll over or are you going to put your 
feet in the ground, dig your heels in the sand, and say, you know what? I'm going to fight for what's mine. I'm going to stand for what's mine. I'm going to pull out the Bible, and I'm going to start reading Scripture aloud so my mind hears what God is saying about who I am, about this situation. Amen? Rather than filling the situation with words of negativity and distress and distraught, I'm going to fill the situation with words of positivity. I'm going to shape my situation, frame them with quality words, words of encouragement, words of faith. We've got to put Jesus back at the center. If you're here today and say, Pastor Matt, I want to accept that 90-day challenge starting in October. It's almost here. You don't have to wait. You can start today. And that just simply means we've been talking about it all month. Listen, there's, maybe there's a box that has not been yet checked. I don't know what that is. It'll be here forever, me trying to go through and guess everybody's box. I'm not going to do that. That's the Holy Spirit's job to tell you, and he will. Do you have a box unchecked? If there's something unfinished, maybe you set out this year and you wanted to go start going back to school again, and you haven't. For whatever reason, you've just, you've just haven't. All right, this, this 90 days, get an application, go fill it out. Get your financial aid, whatever you got to do, get it done. Whatever it looks like. Whatever that is. Maybe, you've, you're, maybe you're debating about serving somewhere here at church. And you're like, oh, you're him hawing around. Like, ah, oh, it looks like they don't need me. There's, there's another person up there. There's another person at the door. I don't need, uh, you know. And, and you just, you know how we do. <laughs> I don't know God. I don't really got, you know, I'm just saying. I don't got, I got. God, I was serve, but you know, I just don't know. That. That's, you know. Whatever it is, take that challenge today. Saying, I'm going to make the next 90 days here in my life, the next 90 days, the best part of the year. The rest of the year will be the best of the year. All right, let's put God to the test. Let's, let's let our faith arise today. I really believe this scripture is for so many people today. Jesus is staring you in the face. Holy Spirit is here in your heart tapping on your door saying, Hey, what do you mean if I can? What else do I got to prove to you? I've already hung on the cross for you. So what do you mean, if I can? The dad immediately replies, then, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Here, we're going to sing and worship. I'm going to come back with an altar call. As Megan leads us, as we sing, these words will be on the screen. And, God, we're going to just worship the Lord just for a few minutes. Holy desire, this place and time. That I might seek and find my God, my God. Lord, I want to yearn for you. I want to burn with passion over you. And Oh 
with our heads bowed, our eyes closed all across this place, just in a kind of a corporate time and moment of worship. If you're here today, be here for the first time. Maybe you've been coming a few weeks, months, whatever. You're here today, and first of all, I say, Pastor Matt, if I were to leave this planet today, I'm not certain that I would make heaven my home. And I want to make sure of my election. I want to make sure that I would make heaven, I would see Jesus face to face. If you want me to remember you in this prayer, if you would raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir, in the back. Anyone else? You can put your hands down when you raise them. Thank you. Come on. Don't wait. Don't wait. There's somebody else here. Come on. Don't wait. Thank you, ma'am. I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe you died for me. And in three days, you rose from the grave. And you are in heaven with God the Father. Thank you for giving your blood for me, for giving your life for me, that I can be saved, set free, delivered from my past, my mistakes, my sins, and my failures. I declare this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we give the Lord a praise today.